Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Ladies and gents, entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, we're thrilled to have Jason Bromet, Head of Modern Work from Microsoft Canada. As Head of Modern Work at Microsoft, Jason leads the team responsible for enabling organizations to amplify their people's ingenuity with secure collaborative platforms and tools that accelerate business success. Within the Microsoft 365 portfolio, he oversees productivity platforms such as Microsoft Teams, as well as security and compliance tools. The Microsoft 365 team also works with Microsoft sales and delivery teams and their market-leading ecosystem of partners. Jay is also an advocate for technology enabling inclusivity and accessibility. Sounds like a busy guy. Welcome to the show, Jason. Hi, Rick. Nice to meet you. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks, thanks for being here. Uh, just to get started, we'd like to sort of sum up for our audience, who are all very busy entrepreneurs, sum up some of the key learnings or, 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 or tips they might uh, get out of listening to the rest of this podcast and not switching away to the sports scores. So uh, what do you think are the top pieces of advice you'd like to share with entrepreneurs on, on, on the podcast today? Yeah, so maybe I'll, I'll frame it in a, in a couple of just quick bullets. One, which is uh, technology is one of the most, I'll say, critical investments entrepreneurs can make. And I know uh, entrepreneurs and having grown up in a family of entrepreneurial uh, spirit, uh, I know those trade-offs of where do I spend my money is always a critical one. Uh, so that'd be one which is hopefully shed some light on, hey, how can technology uh, drive my business and support and enable my business? Uh, the second, which is this notion of what I'll call uh, people-powered recovery. <clears throat> and recognizing that we are in still, I'll say, some uncertain times here uh, in Canada, uh, our people, uh, for each of us, uh, whether it be my team, whether it be uh, entrepreneurs and, and small businesses, our people are what are going to help get us through this. Uh, and I think uh, we'll have a really good discussion, hopefully, on that today. And so those would be probably the two big pieces. Uh, and then I think we'll get into some really interesting pieces in below that. Fantastic. So is people-powered recovery, is that a theme or is that a new product line? 
<laughs> uh, no, that's uh, call it a punchline. Uh, <laughs> I think it's uh, this notion of people, and, and you sort of started there at the beginning on sort of this idea of technology enabling uh, the amplification of human ingenuity. And uh, I get the pleasure of having lots of conversations with customers and, and the like around, hey, is technology going to replace humans? And sure, there may be some narrow fringe cases of that, but I think at the end of the day is um, what's really interesting is uh, robots don't necessarily add value people do uh, and given the uncertainty and, and frankly the i'll call it newness of the experiences that we're living through here in canada and frankly around the globe uh, machines aren't going to learn fast enough to help us answer the questions that we're going to have to face in the next little while and so uh, for me it's all about people uh, and i think it's one of the most foundational things that's going to drive us uh, to the success of what's on the other side of uh, what we're living in today very cool uh, maybe just to start, you could tell me a little bit about what it means to be the head of modern work at Microsoft. I think you have a, a front row seat into how the workplace is changing and how work itself is changing. Yeah, so I'll answer maybe pragmatically or simplistically and then maybe give you a more theoretical point of view. I listened to the intro and I'm like, wow, that sounds really cool. I wonder what he does for a living. Um, <laughs> but... Um, Obviously, the first and foremost, uh, if I think about it, which is really this uh, incredible opportunity and humbling opportunity to look after uh, a lot of the technologies that individuals across Canada. And so uh, when we think about 36 some odd million Canadians, a uh, large percentage of them interact with things like Windows and Office on a, on a pretty regular basis. Uh, obviously, when you get into technologies like Teams and, and SharePoint and Exchange, it becomes more business oriented, but it's still got a very consumer slant. And uh, having the opportunity for my team to really have the responsibility to look after that business, uh, do the right things by our customers, enable them to be productive, uh, no matter whether it be, I'll say, for work, for school or for life, uh, is really what my job's all about uh, and really helping companies embrace technology or individuals embrace technology and institutions embrace technology um, to do really interesting things. Um, so that's, I'll say, the uh, what I'll call the the pragmatic view of it, the more theoretical side of it, which is uh, what's been really amazing, I'll say since March, if I kind of go backwards in time, which is because of uh, the humbling experience that we have with so many individuals using our technology um, for a variety of different tasks, is we've really become students uh, in understanding the way that work has changed. Uh, and again, I will use a very broad frame of reference of work being certainly in a commercial context, certainly in a government context, small business, large business, but certainly in, in the context of education as well. Uh, we've been sort of, we've sort of had a front row seat to be students to learn and study uh, these changing shifts in how work gets done uh, in face of the pandemic. And so it's been a really interesting opportunity, uh, certainly for me here in Canada, but for my uh, peers globally um, to really be in that position to be able to watch some of those changes. And let me just ask an impertinent question. Um, does Microsoft Canada have any role to play in developing new products for either the Canadian market or the global market? If you, if, in the work you do when you see new trends and everything, where does that go? Yeah, great question. So absolutely. Uh, and when I think about uh, a lot of the work that my team does and our extended teams across Canada do is is really listen and learn from our customers. Uh, and what's great is uh, Canada is seen uh, certainly within, I'll say, the Microsoft walls, but certainly I'll say broadly, we're seen as an innovator and a leader. Uh, and the company is really interested to hear what we have to say and share 
uh, the challenges, experiences, opportunities our customers are looking at. Uh, and so we as the Canadian team, and I'll say my team specifically as it relates to the product side of it, uh, we feed this back to engineering on a, on a daily basis, sometimes an hourly basis, uh, to really help shape sort of the future direction of the company. And so uh, obviously our role is to give that feedback and that input. Does it all get implemented? Not necessarily. Does it get implemented exactly the same way? Uh, when you're building software and services, for we all have of, bosses. We we, we, we all, all have how, bosses. We all know right. how that works, right? But right. Uh, have there been some contributions that that you think that your team has made uh, to the you know the Microsoft portfolio? Oh, absolutely. I think uh, there's a couple that all stand out. Uh, one, um, I'll say, a couple months ago now, month and a half, two months ago, uh, which was Microsoft Translator and the adoption of Quebec French as a distinct French language. Very uh, cool. We'll see. Très bien. Um, yeah, trip. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but also, we've had experiences in the past uh, with some of our native dialects um, and uh, embedding those into the office applications that people co uh, create content with, uh, and recognizing that linguistics is an incredibly important way in which people interact. Uh, and so that's uh, a couple of just very simple, um, but very meaningful and important ones when we think about uh, Canada and Canadian pride as being able to represent uh, the diversity of the country. Right. Um... Startup Canada appreciates Microsoft status as a longtime sponsor of Startup Canada. Um, but of course, this isn't a commercial. This is a real podcast, and we ask tough questions. So having said that, um, tell me just a little bit about what Microsoft 365 is. What makes it different from its previous incarnation of Office 365? And how does Microsoft Teams fit into that? Um, going from my entirely baseless supposition that a lot of our listeners who as, as, as small entrepreneurs, um, small business entrepreneurs, are probably more familiar with Slack than mm -hmm. uh, some of these, the, these newer solutions. <clears throat> sure. So given that, give me the 30-second commercial. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> I'll answer the first question first, and then I, I really want to come back to that second one, which is, uh, Microsoft 365 is truly an, I'll call it an evolution of Office 365, which is Office 365 is a component of Microsoft 365. It is a more holistic offering for our customers that brings together the Windows operating system, all of the goodness and excitement that comes in the productivity applications and services inside Office 365, plus the security and management capabilities uh, of what we call Intune. Um, and uh, today, more than ever, and, and frankly, uh, unfortunately, is as a function of the pandemic, we've seen security and, and um, safety of uh, data and information and devices um, become an increasingly set of exposures for businesses of all sizes. And uh, unfortunately, I do get uh, purview to just some of the pains that our customers of all sizes, including small businesses, are put through uh, under security breaches and malware attacks and uh, things of that nature. And so Microsoft 365 is really the evolution to bring together a more holistic offering um, to power businesses of all sizes. And when I think about small businesses, generally no CEO or president of a small business uh, that I've ever met over my career, and I can speak for it personally, having had my father be an entrepreneur for most of my life, uh, they aren't in the business of managing IT. They're in the business of um, building, uh, creating, brewing better beer, um, creating better furniture, uh, fashion, whatever the industry may be, sure. software. Uh, and so why would we ask any one of those individuals to invest the time to go manage, I'll call it mailboxes, when uh, frankly we can do that and do it at a scale and efficiency and a safety and a security point of view uh, that just doesn't make good sense for them from a business point of view. 
So that's just the maybe the first sort of quick side of it. The second side of it, which is um, Teams is the frankly the most uh, important part of that equation. And it's this notion that says you can bring together this great hub, I'll call it for teamwork, which is bring all of the application services and information you may need into what I'll call a single experience. Uh, when I think about entrepreneurs, time is money. Uh, in many cases, they are the CEO, they're also the head of HR, and in some cases, maybe the head of finance. Uh, they don't have the luxury of time to have to jump around through different applications, pay for multiple services. Uh, when you look at some of our competitors, they solve very narrow scenarios. And so it's about chat. Teams gives you everything in a single interface. And so there is no need to sort of context switch and have these rough experiences jumping around. You don't need to pay for separate subscriptions to be able to do sort of collaboration inside the company, outside the company, to do chat, to do video conferencing. You get it all in one. Uh, and so when you think about time as money and productivity, uh, it's really sort of that killer app uh, when we think about it inside the Microsoft 365 suite. Right. I'm probably the only person listening to this podcast who remembers when you could actually buy a package software that had a spell checker on it because word processing, word processing programs didn't come with them. So it, I think back to those days before we could do more than one thing at a time and how horrible they were. And the best part of it is, is um, software has gotten so smart, right? Which is, if you think back in time, and I won't date either of us for a moment, but uh, it was really about us as humans having to learn the software. But what's become more important is the software is learning from us. They understand. It starts to recognize the patterns and what is it that we're trying to accomplish uh, using things like artificial intelligence to make those tasks so much easier. And so we don't have to go figure out spelling. In some cases, we don't even need to finish our sentences. Uh, and I think that's pretty cool. Right. That's a, that, 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 that is exciting. Um so, 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 what are the what are the challenges that you face in terms of uh, you know evangelizing for Microsoft three six five, and trying to understand and enhance the the today's workplace and tomorrow's? So, I, I I'd be remiss not to acknowledge that says there's lots of different offerings that are out there. In uh, your last question, sort of set that up. Uh, again, I think um, perhaps maybe a little biased, which is we do have a different point of view on it uh, and deeply believe that uh, not only can software uh, amplify human ingenuity, uh, it is this notion of, I'll call it people-powered recovery that we've sort of talked about at the beginning, which is how do we inspire people to be their very best? <clears throat> and in many cases, that's about how do we push more information to our frontline employees, uh, those that are closest to our customers versus perhaps those that are sitting uh, in the corporate office, which is uh, the need to be more resilient, but certainly the need to be more responsive uh, is critically important. And uh, again, as we recover as an economy and as a country, uh, those I think are only going to become more and more important. Um, but a big piece of this, which is uh, the flexibility to adapt. Uh, and again, I think <clears throat> largely across industries, we've seen um, expansion in some, we've seen contraction in others. Uh, and so the ability to sort of scale up and scale down and scale out as businesses look to recover, uh, rehire in some cases, perhaps retrain, um, but reimagine sort of what is it that they do and what is their purpose in being in this notion of um, I'll say remote everything is sort of the way that we talk about it, which is the things that we used to do physically 
changed literally overnight back in March. Mm -hmm. And we started to take steps forward to recover from that. And we've had to take some steps back. Uh, certainly, I'll say I'm based uh, in central Ontario. And so we've certainly had a changing set of uh, dynamics here within the province. Uh, and so that adaptability and that flexibility is just going to be critical um, to say, how do I continue to empower my business and keep my business running? keep my people connected and engaged in our organization and to each other uh, in a way that enables us to continue to serve and support our customers. And I think uh, technology is really uh, the glue in many ways that sort of has a chance uh, to bring all those pieces together. Um, and, and on the flip side of it, uh, there was a, a, an interview done some time ago, uh, which our president made a statement, which was sort of this Darwinian moment, right? Which is those, um, the strong will succeed and survive. Uh, and uh, we deeply believe that those that invest in technology to power their organization and their people uh, are the ones that will succeed, um, recognizing that we do still have so many challenges in front of us uh, across industry in the country right now. Jason, we've been talking about how things are changing and the work you're doing to keep up with that and I guess to respond and lead where possible. Do you have any specific examples of, of what Microsoft is doing in order to try to solve solve the new problems that are emerging and find new ways to optimize the experience of working, especially when it's remote, and hopefully the effectiveness of, of work. Yeah, absolutely, Rick. I think um, <clears throat> maybe going back to my earlier comment on sort of this amazing opportunity that we've had to become students and studying the way that work's changing. Uh, let me give you a couple of examples uh, where we've made uh, discrete, I'll call it product engineering decisions as a function of what we've been watching since March. Uh, one, which is, I'll call it meeting fatigue, and, and we can all relate to this, which is in a world where we, um, we're no longer sitting in boardrooms with one another, we've moved online. And uh, that sort of constant connectedness of city and meetings has been um, something that we can see is causing people fatigue for a bunch of different reasons uh, that are physiological in, in many ways that I won't get into. Um, but part of this was this idea that says, uh, how do you actually take what is uh, all has been a very linear media experience. We've all seen sort of the grids, I'll call it on, on computer screens. And we introduced something called together mode. And the idea being, which is how does uh, artificial intelligence get applied to a video feed to abstract away the backgrounds to basically put us into an environment um, that may not be as so binary. And so a great example that says you can actually almost take the heads of the participants in the meeting and put them in a boardroom type setting all virtually. Uh, and so it changes sort of the landscape and the experience um, that we uh, view as uh, participants in the meeting that's not so linear. And so the idea being is just giving the brain a bit of a mental break. Uh, second, uh, brainstorming. And so this idea that says, hey, how do we go create environments uh, that empower people to continue to work through uh, the tough challenges that companies are facing today, but in also uh, thinking about that in the context of learning. And so we've introduced uh, something called breakout rooms uh, inside Microsoft Teams, where you can basically take a, a larger meeting, uh, distribute those off into individual breakout groups and be able to bring them back together uh, and have that all within one meeting experience. And so those are a couple, uh, what I'll call experience pieces inside Teams. One of the, the fun ones, and this one I love a lot, um, and uh, I, I am a byproduct of a commute. Uh, I've got about a 45 minute commute from my house to our office. And uh, while I hate the traffic in, in central Ontario, uh, what was true was I had these uh, amazing moments in the morning to really sort of transition from home to work and, and get my head around, hey, where do I need to spend my time in the day and what are my priorities? 
And then equally at the end of the day, as I came home, I could transition from work back to home uh, and kind of decompress. And what we've learned uh, again since March is that social capital of sort of the water cooler talk and the sort of the commute time has been lost because uh, the lines between work and life have disappeared in many ways. And so uh, we are actually introducing uh, over the next uh, little while this idea of virtual commutes uh, inside teams. And so this idea that says creating space at the beginning and the end of your day to transition. Uh, Equally is this idea of well-being, which is really emerging as a critical trend that, frankly, every leader needs to be thinking about if they aren't today, which is uh, it's not about whether my people are still working in this world where we're all remote. It's whether they're working in sustainable ways, meaning are they going to continue to stay healthy? And we can probably both relate to that. I know I certainly can. And so one of the things that we're doing, uh, I'll say, alongside the virtual commute concept is uh, partnership with uh, well-being. And so creating sort of these mental breaks in the course of your day uh, where you could almost do, for lack of a better statement, virtual meditation sessions directly inside Teams uh, by through this partnership with Headspace, which is uh, a consumer-wide, um, broadly available consumer service. But this idea of giving yourself these mental breaks through the course of the day. And so there's part of it, which is the, hey, how do we create just different experiences that make it easier for us to participate and stay engaged um, to this idea, which is um, being able to create space for sort of the wind up and wind down of your day to more importantly, uh, that really hot topic right now, which is about well-being of our employees. Wow. So much to unpack in all of that. So many cool ideas coming down the pike. Um, let me just ask you, I mean, you, you mentioned this right off the top there in your answer to that question you said you know people are spending all day on z oh, sorry i won't say the word on <laughs> meetings <laughs> at meetings virtual meetings and they're really tiring mm -hmm. as the guy who's the head of work mm -hmm. um why is that why is it that it that that remote meetings seem to wear us out uh, yeah. faster than than actually going to meetings and sitting in there and trying to figure out when the donuts are coming. Yeah, you know, I think, um, and again, there's uh, what I'll call some g generic perspectives on this. And then there's obviously the personal, which is everybody is different. Uh, and that's what makes us amazing as humans. But um, one, which is you're in front of a screen. Right. And so this sort of focus on a bright screen uh, that is whatever dimensions all day long is just physical fatigue. And when you're starting to look at it in sort of these very linear fashions of this box or grid-based meeting experience, it just creates mental challenges. Um, and I'll say from a visual point of view, it tires the eyes. Uh, it strains our mental capacity to continue to remain focused to, on it. And so uh, this idea of, hey, how do we break that up and create more immersive experience where it feels like we are in many ways, I'll call it virtually replicating the boardroom experience. And so um, that's a big piece of it. Uh, there's aspects and elements to this, uh, again, that we can relate to, which is video. Video is a very simple component of this whole experience, which is we as humans rely as much on spoken word as we do on non-spoken word. And our, we don't necessarily get the benefit of both of those. And so that starts to impact things like uh, inclusivity and, and diversity and participation of all participants. And so how do we create experiences that enable more participation by a broader group of constituents that may be participating? And so there's, it, it's not a... Um, it's not a linear topic and it's not, I'll say, a consistent topic um, because everybody is different. But those give you a couple of frames of reference of uh, the why 
Yeah, per perfect. Thank you. So there are physiological re reasons, um, behavioral reasons, personal reasons, and possibly neurological reasons. So it's good to know that it, 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 that it is real. Um, it is. And I, I just have to ask you about this commute. So mm -hmm. there are people who have wonderful commutes, short walks to work or or off uh, off rush hour schedules that allow them to zoom in on, along the highway. But a lot of our commutes are not exactly transition time. They're yelling at drivers and <laughs> and, and, and steaming uh, at, at, at traffic jams. Um, so, so what what is what is the actual experience that you're creating with, with the virtual commute? Yeah, so the, the, you can think of it as a as a couple of um, uh, a couple of examples. So one, which is, um, let me kind of walk through it. One, which is uh, today we know again as a function of uh, studying what's happened since March is uh, folks. Uh, individuals having a hard time to define boundaries on their day. And so in some cases, we can use uh, tools and technology uh, to carve off time in our calendar that we can call focus time. Uh, that's the language and the vernacular that we use. We can call it whatever you want. Um, but I can basically tell Cortana, uh, book me focus time in my calendar every day at 5.30. And it, as an AI agent, will go out and block that time and protect that time in my calendar. So that's a very simple example. Uh, second, which is uh, prompts, right? And so uh, using this as an example, it's not a perfect one, but we're in this meeting right now. Uh, again, we tend to lose track of some of the same sort of spans of time in a virtual world than we do in person and face-to-face. And so uh, we've also introduced uh, meeting ending notifications. And so now when I'm attending a meeting from a work point of view, I get a notice five minutes before saying this meeting will end in five minutes. You can now have that in that. You wish. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can. And, and the virtual commute now actually does that for your day that says, hey, you've got 15 minutes left in your scheduled time. So that's sort of, I'll say, mechanical things where we can use technology to nudge people along to create that space and prepare for that wind down. But here's where it becomes really interesting. Right. And we can probably both relate to this, which is in the course of the day, we exchange communications with any number of people, whether that be chat or whether that be email. Uh, in those communications, we make inferences to here's an action that I'm going to go take or here's something I need to go find. As humans, we get overwhelmed. Uh, that virtual commute will also use artificial intelligence to find those words and actually propose them to you as tasks. And so, hey, here's some things that you committed to. Do you want to invest some time to wrap up your day to deliver on these? Or do you want to create them as tasks or do you want to schedule them in your calendar for a future point in time? And so it's not just about, hey, your machine's going to shut off on you. Then it is about, one, giving you uh, heads up and carving off space that protects for that sort of mental transition. Uh, obviously, this partnership with Headspace that we're really excited about uh, could actually physically have you transition into a mental well-being exercise directly facilitated by Headspace inside Teams to, hey, how do I just bring closure to the work or the commitments that I've made in the course of the day? Recognizing that a lot of people do like to end their day with, hey, what are the tasks that I need to close off before I, I turn off for the night? Wow, isn't that fascinating? And I can already see areas where that would be phenomenal and a great reminder, and other areas where it says, Rick, you said you were going to call your mom. Um, oh, yeah. Where you think, oh, rats. <laughs> Yes, it, it, it's coming. <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> okay, very cool. Um, 
obviously, the workplace was totally changed last March, and we're all trying to figure out what's going to happen next. Um, and every workplace is different. But can you make any generalizations as to where you think work is going? Is it going to get more remote, more of a hybrid, uh, is or something else entirely? Can technology take us somewhere else? Yeah, it's such a great question, and, and it's what I get asked. We get asked a lot, both, I'll say, in terms of, hey, where is, what is the future of the workforce look like? But it's also about how do we plan for this return to work experience and, and some of the complexities that come with that. Um, without question, and we can all read the press, which is lots of organizations are using this as a moment in time to change their employment strategies. And um, you've, there's any number of them that have basically said, hey, we, we are adopting a digital first workforce strategy. Uh, and for some organizations, that works uh, based on who they are, how they've grown up, uh, their existing cultures is an example. In some cases, and, and uh, this isn't a <laughs> forward-looking statement, but uh, I think it raises interesting questions for commercial real estate as an example that says, hey, organizations can now use these, will likely use this moment to reflect on where am I investing my capital? And again, as a small business, I, I think it's a great moment to say, hey, do I need the real estate that I've historically had to be able to do the things that I need to do? What I do think will be intrinsically true is we will, we will land up in some instance of what I'll call hybrid. Uh, right. where you've got some mixed environments. And again, different industries are going to look very different. Anyone that is first responder uh, oriented, or I'll call it frontline. Uh, and so you think about uh, home services and home care, uh, whether that be plumbers to sort of HVAC systems. Uh, obviously, technology still uh, is a big piece of this. It will be hybrid. Uh, that in and of itself will introduce all kinds of interesting complexities and challenges, which is, hey, how do the people in the office coordinate with those that are at home to find the time to get back together? Uh, I think there's all kinds of uh, interesting things that we have ahead of us uh, without question. Um, but I think what's uh, intrinsically true is, again, in that position where we've been able to study uh, how work's been changing since uh, March and, and globally, frankly, is um, obviously seeing sort of these these secular trends, but then I think you're seeing these durable trends and habits sort of emerge, including video meetings and working remotely and more flexible work, right? Which is, I think, uh, for speaking for me personally, uh, my team and those that I work with on a regular basis know that at about 3, 3.30 every day, uh, if you're going to catch me, you're going to catch me on my mobile phone, phone as I'm out taking the dog for a walk because um, <laughs> he's got to get outside. Um, and that has become acceptable. And I think that's that actually is a long overdue uh, shift in the workplace, which is our kids, our dogs, our homes have become part of our work life. Uh, it humanizes all of us. Uh, and I think that's a really good thing from a culture point of view uh, and for us as Canadians. Uh, but I do ultimately think we will end up in a world that is very much hybrid in nature. And I think it's great. I was calling recently to the Canadian head office of a major European company, like, I mean, you know, a big top 100 company in the world thing. And I still haven't this idea in my head that they're working in some big, the 40th floor of some big skyscraper. And I'm talking to this receptionist and trying to figure out who the person is I want to speak to. And all of a sudden, you know, this little girl's voice comes up the phone saying, Mommy? <laughs> Exactly. And I realized, oh yeah, she's at home. That's right. <laughs> and That's right. and and suddenly, you know, I I found myself relaxing. Hey, this is a human interaction. That's uh, right. It's, it's become a more human interaction and I think a better one. So, uh, yeah, I, no, for I, I sure. Buy into that. Now, you you have the you, you have you're collecting a lot of analytics about how people work. A lot of a lot of data. Is any of that leading to any new uh uh 
epiphanies or new products, new features? Yeah, there's a whole bunch, and and obviously in some cases there's there are things on the horizon. Um, I'll say that I I can't speak to broadly and publicly and specifically at the moment. Um, Just the name and but, release date would be fine. <laughs> but uh, with, without question, uh, we've got a big uh, component of the experience that we think about, which is really this idea of uh, both knowledge and insights, uh, which is technology can do amazing things in watching the patterns and how people are working. Uh, a big piece of this is culture, when I think about it, which is understanding uh, those parts of organizations, whether those be people or specific teams, uh, that may not be as connected to the company culture as others. And I think that's a great platform for leaders to say, hey, um, back to my earlier comment on this notion of working in sustainable ways, which is uh, any entrepreneur, uh, business president, CEO, uh, that says that their people are not their most important asset is probably lying. Uh, and so when we think about that in that context, which is how do we hang on to our people? How do we support our people given everything that we're going through? Uh, that idea of insights and understanding people and their connectedness to the organization and their level of participation in contributing to culture and product design and customer care and customer delivery uh, is foundational. Um, because especially in a world where we still have so much uncertainty, uh, we can all take the old economics course on the cost to acquire a new customer versus the cost to keep an existing customer. We want to hang on to our customers and we want all of all those organizations to be able to do the same. Uh, the second is knowledge, uh, which is one, we are more distributed. And so how we connect to other people and to knowledge bases becomes more important uh, because we can't just lean over the wall uh, or look across the hall or grab that person at the water cooler. It does require a little more effort of uh, interacting with technology or picking up the phone. And so uh, how does technology become, again, a great way to uh, aggregate uh, knowledge and um, from the people in your organization? Uh but it's also about talent, right? And this idea, uh, which is we all know about the skill shortage uh, in this country, and, and it again, it varies deeply across uh, industries. Um, but this idea, which is, hey, how do we create environments where people can be their best, they can continue to learn, um, but technology can also play a role to aggregate some of those knowledges, uh, the, that knowledge and insight um, to help people make uh, better decisions more quickly. Um, because again, expediency uh, will be a critical measure, I think, of uh, resiliency ultimately as we look forward. Most of our listeners are entrepreneurs and they like to think they're the boss in their organizations. Just flipping our viewpoint a little bit, how is the workplace of the future going to change the task and the challenge of being a boss? And what do you see are some of the solutions that you think that entrepreneurs and leaders in organizations should be looking at or maybe even rushing out and embracing today in order to achieve the objectives that you've been talking about, about the, 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 the more connected uh, workplace, the more human workplace, um, where talent is directed at the, ch the tasks that it's most suited to do. How do we, how do we create that better office? Yeah, you know, I, I think I'll, I'll try to cover maybe a, a broad continuum. Uh, 
first, what I would say is uh, technology that brings, so one, invest in technology. Uh, I truly do believe, which is uh, the technology is an enabler for growth. It's an enabler for resiliency uh, and for every, every entrepreneur out there. And again, I made this reference earlier, which is I grew up in an entrepreneur-led home. Uh, and so I've lived the experience um, personally. My brother happens to also be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Uh, technology what does he do? Is a, is a gift. What does your brother do? Uh, uh, custom uh, real estate uh, building custom. actually is better, okay. probably a better term. Cool. Um, uh, so technology first and foremost is table stakes. Uh, we are we are a technology driven com- uh, economy. Uh, as the 21st century moves on to the 22nd, uh, technology is only going to become a richer and deeper part of our lives. So that's first uh, table stakes, and I'll come maybe back to that in a little bit. The second is they're uh, their people. Uh, and I touched on this notion of well-being and this notion of uh, are my people working in sustainable ways? Mm-hmm. Uh, frankly, irrespective of industry, uh, people are the most ex- expensive and in most cases the most valuable asset of any organization. And, and any entrepreneur, regardless of the size of the company, uh, needs to be thinking about uh, are my people able to do what they need to do to be able to support the business and our customers? Uh, and so that idea of really uh, investing in them. There's a couple of pieces that I'll maybe just sort of um, come off of that statement from. One, which is <clears throat> what we do see, and this is not just, I'll say, a, I'll call it <clears throat> small, mid-sized company statement. It's as, uh, as much an enterprise statement. This notion of creating technology that runs from, I'll call it, what we call the, the boardroom to the front line. And uh, as we think about Microsoft 365, I'd be remiss not to sort of use that as a frame of reference your ability to empower all of those people with a consistent set of tools and technology so that they can be included and participate in the entire organization is critical. And and unfortunately, we still see a lot of industries and business leaders that are not investing in that front line. And so if you think about uh, the world in which we are today and whether it's retail, uh, whether it's uh, customer or service oriented, where you have people distributed out at homes, uh, delivering services, regardless of what those services are. If you're not staying in touch with those people right now, they are hearing, seeing, and probably t- tackling some of the toughest challenges that your business is going to face. And so uh, as a business leader, it's this idea that says, how do I create a culture, but an environment that enables everybody to participate? Uh, and in a world of cloud-based services like Microsoft 365, you can do that very easily. The second side of that that I think uh, is not talked enough about, and, and frankly, I hate to make this statement, but I will, which is uh, a lot of small biz or small business and medium business owners that I have a chance to talk to kind of look at this and, and they get a bit of the, oh, it's not going to happen to me mentality. And we all can associate to this. Security, 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 security. Uh, what, again, I made this comment earlier, which is the unfortunate side of the pandemic is what is often referred to in, I'll call it industry terms, is bad actors have only gotten worse. Mm-hmm. And they're more aggressive, they're more creative. Uh, and again, it, second to people, intellectual property, sales data, revenue data, banking information, that is critical to any business leader. And so are you protecting those assets as much as it is about protecting your people and the devices that they're working on? So that would just be a bit of a double click on the what kinds of technology uh, teams and things of that nature are the types of technology, which is this, how do I bring my people together and get them to connect and collaborate together uh, and still feel part of the business and the culture of the company in a world where we can't physically be together. 
The other side of it, which is the physical piece of it, uh, and if you've got uh, employees that are geo-distributed sitting in their homes, have you created an environment where they can be their best? And so that is things as simple as webcams and headsets and speakers. Those are kind of table stakes to uh, stand-up desks and more ergonomic investments um, to enable those people to work from wherever they are and find this great balance between work and life. And so coming back to this well-being statement as maybe the closer is, we all need to recognize as leaders, and myself included, uh, and certainly our, the leadership of Microsoft, which is our people are working in very different ways and having to balance more and more demands on their time that are different than what we have in the past. And it's our responsibility as leaders to create environments that those people can be their very best and do their very best work. Uh, they've proven, and again, to this sort of studying what's changed, they've proven that they can. It's this question of sustainable ways and well-being that are really now at the foreground uh, as we recognize that we're going to be in this state for a while. Right. One of the issues that, that I find so many entrepreneurs deal with is that it takes a very special person to be an entrepreneur. You have to be a subject matter expert. You have to be you, – you, you, you have to have a certain amount of critical common sense. You've got to be a leader. You've got to – have empathy. I mean, there's there's so much that's required of an entrepreneur, and it's hard mm -hmm. to be that person every single day. And very often, they know what they should be doing. They know they should be walking around the office a little bit. This is assuming we ever get back to the office, and and talking mm -hmm. to people and doing the management by walking walking around, and 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 yet they don't have time for it in their day. And they find weeks go by that they haven't done that, and they haven't congratulated someone on their anniversary or they haven't uh, done a, a performance review on time because it's been so busy and you think that's one of those things I can let slip. Is there a technology solution that would help people, uh, help team leaders optimize their strengths? So the short answer is yes. The longer answer is, hey, uh, technology can't do everything um, and, and doesn't make up for poor leadership. Um, and that's not aimed at any one person. Well, I guess it's to, to me, the problem is inconsistent leadership. Yeah. That so many entrepreneurs are great people and they would do the right thing if they had the time or if they thought of it, but they didn't write it down in their calendar. Be nice to Bob today. Yeah. <laughs> Ask Shirley about her mother. You know, they're not doing that. Yeah. And, and how, and, can, can can we help them be more a little bit more consistent, a little bit more present during during the workday? Yeah, for sure. So I, I think uh, I won't make this a big leadership talk on, hey, I actually read a really great article about prioritization, and it's just one of those ones that's personal for me, but I think every leader can, can continue to learn from uh, other leaders in that regard because uh, time is precious, and we know it's uh, – there's only more demands landing on our lap and that we're not going to get any incremental hours in the course of a day. Um, in terms of technology, obviously there's simplistic things, which is, Hey, put the reminders in your calendar. Uh, you can set up automated emails. Um, but coming back a little bit to this well-being and sort of looking after your people uh, using an example, again, um, from inside of Microsoft teams is we've got sort of this capability that we call praise. And the idea being is you can create custom badges. You can use it out of the box. We give those to you uh, within the product. Um, but you can also create custom experiences uh, for your organization that says, hey, what's my employee recognition program? Uh, and how do I think about creating some structure and some consistency? And what are the things that we reward and we look for in terms of behaviors? But doing so in really simple ways, right? Which is, again, recognizing time is precious. 
Um, but being able to hit a simple button and send uh, praise to an employee. Um, so that's one example. Another one uh, that we actually just announced uh, just prior uh, to the holiday season uh, is a partnership with Starbucks. Uh, you can actually send Starbucks gift cards directly inside Microsoft Teams. Uh, one, if you want to just do it as a platform to create a virtual coffee to reconnect with somebody that you haven't spent time with. And so is that a leader to a frontline employee? Maybe. Uh, but it's also a group recognition platform, which is you don't need to leave teams to be able to give simple recognition to people. And sometimes those little thoughts go so far. Uh, and so exactly. uh, yeah. it, it, the, we, we certainly uh, continue to be inspired by looking for opportunities to do those things and doing it inside the tools and the technology that people use to keep it simple. Um, but there's also a human attribute to this, which is, hey, sometimes we just got to make time for those things that are important. And it's hard. I'm not suggesting it's easy. Yeah. No, I, th I, th I think that's a, a very good answer to a very uh, difficult and probably unfair question. <laughs> um, yeah, that th th there are tools we can use. They won't replace <laughs> having... <laughs> I, 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 having that impulse yourself and making it a part of your own daily habits, uh, but they can certainly enhance and reinforce it. So let's embrace that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Jason, before, just before we wrap up here, I'm wondering, we've, we've talked about a lot of stuff today and, and what's coming down the pike and what the challenges are for leaders today and what some of the tools are that they could be looking at to give them more time, make them more effective and make sure that their employees are working at their best and sustainably. Cause I've heard that word a few times now, mm -hmm. um, as they go away and, 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 and get back to their desks after listening to this podcast, is there one actionable piece of advice or tip you could offer them that would really help, uh, give them a new start or a new attitude or a, a new tool as they approach their day? Uh, so I'd be uh, silly and say, hey, like, go go adopt something like Microsoft Teams. Um, and that's too pragmatic. But I'd say find the moments to insert technology uh, as a platform for innovation, for resiliency, uh, because this belief that says technology is what's going to help us recover alongside our people uh, is unequivocally uh, deeply believed to be the truth. Uh, and we still don't see enough, I'll say, organizations thinking about technology in that context. Uh, and if you don't know, reach out. Uh, if it's finding my name, if it's finding uh, Microsoft Canada on Twitter and, and reaching out that way, uh, we're here to help uh, and uh, invest in technology to empower your people because uh, we're all going to need each other's help uh, as we continue through these uncertain times and look to recovery across Canada. Right. Okay. So Jason Bromet, that's B-R-O-M-M-E-T for those who want to follow him up and maybe find him on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever. Um, Head of Modern Work, which I think is one of the finest titles I've ever heard. Um, I really appreciate you talking about some of the things that you're doing in order to understand modern work and where it's going. And it sounds like you are doing real, such important work in order to help us all cope with, hey, Business was tough enough. Leadership was tough enough before COVID. Now it's even tougher. Uh, but change is always an opportunity to do things better. So uh, thank you for the tools and the thoughts that you're giving us in order to try and do that. Thanks so much. Thanks, Rick. Thanks for having me today. Okay, we'll talk again. Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. 
Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence.